welcome back to Laba Laba podcast, the podcast about inspirational people from the dancehall world. Today we have a special guest with us, a Jamaican dancer who is living in Switzerland and who keeps the real authentic old school vibe in his dance. It's Global Bob. Hello, Bob. Welcome to Laba Laba. I'm happy to have you here. Yeah, man. Blessed love. Blessed love, sister. Blessed love. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. A blessing to be here. At the beginning, I would like to ask you to introduce yourself a bit, like your background, your journey, basically, and how did you find your way to dancing? All right. Firstly, let me first just correct one thing. I am also still living in Jamaica. Ah, okay. So I live both places. I live Switzerland and Jamaica. So what I do is I do half the year in Switzerland and half the year in Jamaica. Oh, because nice. actually in July, I will go back to Jamaica and I will stay all the way until January. Mm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> both, both places, both places are home right now. But, you know, Jamaica is naturally home forever. Mm-hmm. Sure. A quick introduction to who I am. Who is Global Bob? Well, my correct name is Chad Torrington. I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, in a nice community called St. Andrew Park. This is located right in the center of of Kingston, Jamaica, otherwise known as Halfway Tree. Mm -hmm. Now, in my community where I grew up, it's a musical community because I grew up surrounded by the likes of Dave Kelly, who is the best old school producer for me. In my communities where where they created like the bug rhythm, the joyride, the showtime, all these instrumentals and songs were recorded and created in my hometown. And also my mentor for music and life is Earl China Smith, who is the living legendary guitarist. He was Bob Marley's guitarist and he has the record for playing on the most number one reggae songs in the world. So I'm surrounded by music, not just dancehall, but reggae influence. And you know, dancehall got birth out of reggae. Now, moving forward quickly a little, I first became popular when I created the SpongeBob dance. And this dance move I created at a tender age of just 12 years old. And at this time was when I gave it, I gave it to Bogle. Now, that, at 12 years old was my other dance, the Scooby-Doo. And then at 14 years old was the SpongeBob dance. Mm-hmm. And then this was the one that made my name. Bogle said, persons had to know who you are and know who is the man behind these moves. So it was at this point that Bogle said, I am called SpongeBob. I didn't choose the name, but I guess the fact that I'm, I was small and I was like yellow, not brown or yellow, looking like mm-hmm. the character, the name was stuck on me. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, Elephant Man did the Dance the Crazy Hype song. And in this song, my dance move was featured. So this is what propelled my career. To, to begin professionally. This was in 2002. So that was when everything officially started. Moving fast forward in years, many years after, I started to, to win many awards because I was featured in like all the top music videos in Jamaica between 2001 to 2010. And I won Best Dancer Music Videos from RETV. Went on again. And, and, and won Best Dancer for the Year three times from Carry Vibes TV. 
2011, won most outstanding dancer for the year from Dance JA. So a lot of awards and such. But how the name Global Bob now was the fact that Firelings created an instrumental called Global Rhythm. That's the rhythm with them get heart attack, them get heart attack. This was created in my community as well by Firelinks. And the name of this rhythm is the Global Rhythm. And I was one of the best dancers on this instrumental. So my friends in my community started saying, global, global, global. And this, at this time I was in university. So I decided that now I'm no longer a teenager. I'm no longer a kid. So when I had the name SpongeBob, everybody knew about me, but now that I'm older, I don't want persons to still have that image of me as a little um, kid dancing. I want persons to take me more serious. Uh -huh. So that was when one of my other friends started saying Global Bob. And I said, you know, I will really use this name. And it was from then. That was from about 2009 going into 2010. Uh -huh. So that's the intro of me in a nutshell. <laughs> and where was the point when you decided to go professional with the dancing? Was there any point or was it a gradual process? All right, I would say not, not just a gradual process because, all right, from beginning, it depends how you define professionalism because I was, a, I was from the moment that I got the breakthrough and the moment that I became established in Jamaica, I would consider myself a professional. Mm -hmm. But a professional defend doesn't mean that you're, you're financially making money. A professional just means that if you get booked for a show, your work ethics, are correct. And um, at this time, I was being booked for mainly video shoots. So I would be professional in that sense. But after a time, I realized that dancing was not enough for me to make a living. So mm -hmm. this was why I, I took the educational route and I went through with my university and I have a bachelor's degree in marketing and also a, a, a major in marketing and a minor in banking and finance. So it was in 2011 now when I decided that I'm no longer dancing, I, I already did all that I was supposed to do. And I thought that my, my journey as a dancer has ended there because nothing was coming from dancing financially. And as such, I, I went into the corporate world and I started to be an accountant for the government of Jamaica. Mm -hmm. For five years, I was an accountant. Mm. As a junior accountant. And then in 2011, I was invited to Russia to, to teach. So at this time, I was thinking, how can I teach dancer? How can someone teach dancer? So I was first, I rejected the offer. I was like, I'm not sure. And then the, my other, the organizer said to me, it can be really good. And we hear that you're a good teacher and a good person. So we really like to make this happen. And then I went forward with it. And it was at this moment that I said, okay, now it's the time I can use what I did in school and apply this to a professional field. So this was when I said, okay, I'm going to take my career as a true professional. So it's since 2011, since, since traveling, that's when I decided that, okay, now I'm going to apply everything to become a true professional in my field. Mm -hmm. So if you wouldn't be dancing for a living, what would be your other option for, for a job? Would it be accounting right. or? <laughs> uh, to be honest, right now, I don't see myself going back into the accounting field behind a desk. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But what you find is that you find that you have to be give account for everything that you do. So in everything we are doing, we have to do marketing. In everything we are doing, we have to have a level of accounting because we have to manage our finances. So mm-hmm. what I do now also, my other job in Jamaica is that I opened a guest house and a tourist company. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it very much. The tourist company, I have this with my wife. And we have persons that travel all over the world to us. And they stay, the person seeking an accommodation. Our guest house can hold up to five persons. And also what I provide, we do excursions. So this is where my focus is also at. So for example, when I explained to you earlier that I do six months in Jamaica, six months outside of Jamaica. When I'm there for the six months, I'm not dancing. I'm actually doing all these tours and this mm-hmm. is my job here. So, I'm, so this is what I enjoy too, because I'm not the person, I did five years behind a desk and I'm not, I'm, I don't see myself continuing behind a desk. I like being outdoors. I like meeting new people. I like showing my, my culture and showing my beautiful island. I like showcasing this to the people. So that would definitely be my job full time if it wasn't, if dancing wasn't there. Mm-hmm. This is great because then you have like more more variety in, in the activities and you don't get exactly. bored with just one thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what they say. They say. When you do what you love, you can never be bored because you're doing something that you enjoy. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, Okay, uh, let's discuss dancehall itself now. Uh, how would you define dancehall? And what would you say to a person who like, doesn't know it all? And how would you describe it? What actually is dancehall to you? All right, for me, dancehall is, dancehall is a way of life. Dancehall is a lifestyle. That's why it's a culture. That's why it's beyond the dance. It's not just about dancing. It's not just about music. It's about the culture, it's about the language, it's about the people, it's about the struggles, it's about the community. This is why dancehall is so blessed because it's coming from the, the hardship, it's coming from the struggles. And this is what represents the music. So the music represents what's happening all around the economy, the voice of the inner city people. And this is the voice that stands up for Jamaica. And that's, this is why it's the, the, the culture is so heartfelt and loved and felt by even persons who, who comes from maybe an opposite culture than Jamaica, but they just feel something that brings them so attached to dancehall. This is what, this is what builds up dancehall. Dancehall is not, is not something that you can just define it in one word or one sentence. Dancehall, yeah. what, what I would say, if I'm to define it, I would say dancehall is an experience. Uh-huh. Because it, when you experience dancehall, it takes persons to a different place of understanding, of, 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 of falling in love and beyond the music. They fall in love with the culture because persons now start to like maybe the food, the jerk chicken or the, 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 the vegan food or the vegetarian soup. So we don't cater for just one market. So for me, dancehall is a complete lifestyle, a culture, our way of life. That's why mm. cartel the dancehall, I'm everything, because it's everything. <laughs> <laughs> nicely said, very nicely said. <laughs> you said you're uh, living like partly in uh, Switzerland and partly in Jamaica, so you have kind of both mm-hmm. of the views. What would mm-hmm. you say is the biggest difference between Jamaican and European dancehall culture? 
All right. The biggest difference is that dancehall has changed over the years. A significant change has happened, even not just between Europe, but even in Jamaica itself. What it was before was that we had more hardcore street parties and not so commercial. And in these, in these new generation today, it's more difficult to understand the real, the real concept of what dancehall was because we find that today a lot of persons are more showcasing than actually enjoying themselves at a party. Mm. And we find that also there's a big challenge, a big gap because of a lot of factors that are now in, involved in the dancehall space. For example, the money pull up, these kind of things kill the real music from being spread. And sometimes the good music is not being played because an, a, a DJ is being paid money to play a particular artist song. So we find that it's no more um, surrounded by the love as we had in the old time in our generation. But still, regardless of this, uh, there's still authenticity in the streets. And this is what you can find, for example, in Europe, we won't have a street party like what we could find in Jamaica. And what you also would want to find that is that our culture is so embedded that we don't say we're going to a dancehall party. You know that any party in Jamaica <laughs> is a dancehall party. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference I find with, between like Europe and Jamaica. Here they label the party as a dancehall party. So you know that maybe there will only be playing dancehall music but dancehall doesn't mean you just play dancehall music. Dancehall just means that you come together in a space and we share this space. And of course, you hear Jamaican music, but also we influence a lot of different genres, like the hip-hop, the, the R&B, the soca, all of these we influence. So when you go to a dancehall party in Jamaica, you will hear all these songs as well, because they are part of our culture. Uh -huh. The big difference, though, what I find in Europe now is that persons tend to appreciate the culture more in Europe than what we do in Jamaica. In Jamaica, we take it for granted. And when I say we, I mean in terms of the authorities, like the government and so forth, they don't support dancehall the way that they should because they mm -hmm. don't know the value of our branding and they don't know the value of our music and our dance. So what we find that in Europe, Europe embraces this so much because it brings so much joy and unity to the people that they make it official in Europe. So even beyond dancehall, even with the reggae, in, with festivals in general, you find that there are more bigger festivals here in Europe than what you will find in Jamaica. Also, you will find that there are more festivals happening on this side of the world than actually even in Jamaica. Maybe because of more sponsorship, I don't know what the case is, but mm -hmm. we find that there's more, there's more going on here on this side for that market and for that type of events. So that is what I observe personally. Mm -hmm. And is there any initiative to change it with the government or? Um, there are some good persons in the government right now because there are a lot of persons with, um, with good position who knows the power of, mm -hmm. of, of our culture and our music. And they're actually willing to take the necessary steps to do it. But you know, with these movements, it takes not just one person or two, it takes a whole entire cabinet or a whole entire team to, mm. to push forward. But there are good people within the government um, bodies that know the power of our music because I have good friends too who are good politicians and they know and they recognize like someone like me, 
they recognize and they recognize what I do and they respect what I do. But if if it was up to them only, I know dancehall will be um, getting good or more privileges than what than, than what it's getting today. But I think everything just takes time. They realize they realize too late, but it's never too late to implement the changes. Mm-hmm. So even though they, they know this too late, I think it will get to a stage where they will claim back the real place for the answer and put the necessary things in place to make this happen. So little steps, but heading to the right direction. Slowly yes. but surely. <laughs> okay. So hopefully it will be better soon. Yeah. Um, When I was in Jamaica, I noticed that like many dancers that are not from Jamaica are entering the dance hall space, like the center of the dance floor, taking the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what's your opinion about that? <laughs> All right, let me explain this to you now. This is why like I have with my tourist company, when I have guests and I have dancers as guests, I always And even when I do lectures around the world, I always break down this very important rule of dancehall to the people. This is one of the unwritten rules that person should know and be aware of. When you go in a dancehall space, a dancehall space is very territorial. And every dancer, at times, we have our own spots. And the middle is never owned by one particular crew or one particular dancer. So what you find that These dancers today, they don't get hurt because persons are more accepting and, and Jamaica is a place of we are loving people and kind people in welcoming others. So example, a tourist, any tourist, no matter your color, no matter if you're white, black, yellow, doesn't matter because it's not about skin color. It's just about the fact that you're a tourist. Any tourist can go in any community and nobody will harm them. Persons, it, it can be risky, yes, some communities, but I guarantee you that they will be shown love. Our persons may even try to assist them because Jamaica is that type of place. We are a friendly, welcoming, warm place when it comes on to tourists. Now, that is the same approach that happens with dancers. The dancers won't aggress the persons who go in the middle because they, they, they try to show respect and love. But it may reach a point that the dancers don't realize because you're in the spirit and you're in the space dancing and they might hit some one or two of the tours because if you stay in the middle, you have to know when it's your time to leave the middle. There's a time and place for everything. And this is what the mistake that a lot of tourists are making. They, they come and they stay in the middle, but they don't understand the space and timing of dancehall. So you need to respect that there are Jamaicans there who need to showcase and need to, to get in that vibe. So mm-hmm. you can maybe also get in a, in, a, in a feud. You can also be caught up in the middle of a feud. There can be dancers about that, that will, um, sad to say, they will fight. Because this happened already at an incident at a, at, a, at a popular street party with my students. They were in the middle and I explained them already that if you feel to go in the middle, no problem. But there's a time and place when you should know that, okay, when you finish to dance, step back out the middle and give another dancer a chance to go in the middle uh-huh. to shine. The, the camera is not just for one, the camera is for all. And they didn't listen. And you, what you found was that 
there was another crew, the students with me, they listened, but there was another crew, another set of students who went into the middle and stayed in the middle. And two popular dance crews got into a fight and you started seeing bottles being thrown right across. So some of the girls got hit. And the reason for this was the fact that they didn't understand the dancer rules that listen, respect the space. Respect the space, it's simple. So I don't agree with um, tourists coming and just going straight into the middle and just staying in the middle. They need to understand that they need to go to the party and observe. Yes. <laughs> You're a student of the culture and we accept you as a student. So you have to respect also and you have to know your place. No problem if a crew invites you on the dance floor and you dance, but don't go standing in the middle the entire night like you own the middle or you mm-hmm. think that you have the right to stay in the middle. You are free to stand where you want, but it's just an unwritten code to know that you don't stay in the middle all the night. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Respect above all. Yeah, <laughs> Respect. Yeah, yeah. And what about people that are not from Jamaica who are teaching dance hall? This is a problematic topic, I would say, because <laughs> for everyone, there is like a different point from where you can actually start teaching. It might be, I don't know, right. for someone a few years, for another one, one year. But All right, let me, let me explain that? it more. This is a very sensitive um, topic, but it's, it's, it's very important to speak about. All right, let me explain you what are my views. There's no problem when anyone in the world um, chooses to teach dancer, okay? Because we reach a point where we can't stop people anymore from teaching dancer. So it has to be, a, we have to come now to a, a, a mutual understanding and a mutual agreement that, okay, if persons are going to teach, we have to know, let them understand their responsibilities that come with being a teacher. Mm-hmm. The students who attend Jamaican workshops, I have no problem if after they decide that they want to share this with their students and start teaching. The problem I have are persons who are teaching and they are not attending Jamaican workshops. So for example, if I come to your city and there are actual dance hall teachers there, and when you look in the class, there are a lot of students, but not the teachers. Why do these teachers believe that they know so much that they don't need to attend the real authentic Jamaican teachers' workshops? So this is the problem I have with these type of people, the ones who are teaching and not supporting the Jamaican um, artists or the culture in any way. The next thing is, how can a person know that they are ready to teach? I can't determine when someone is ready to teach. They have to know this for themselves because, as I said, Teaching comes with a lot of responsibilities. And I don't think that within just a short given time, persons are ready to start teaching. I think they need to take time, research like and, and grow and understand and groom themselves and properly understand the culture before they start embarking on the journey of teaching. Because what we find is that a lot of persons are being misled and misguided and we have to do a lot of damage control when these mm, students yes. eventually when these students eventually reach to real teachers like like not just myself but a lot of Jamaicans we have to be doing a lot of damage control and it's like you're training them all over again so these persons who were teaching them before they 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 don't know exactly what they were teaching and they don't have the proper information 
So this is the problem also. The good side of this now is for the persons who are actually supporting the culture. Make, if, if, even if it's not just about traveling to Jamaica, it's also about if you see some persons maybe can't travel to Jamaica because of time or interest, but if they're teaching and they see that there's a Jamaican dance on tour, they would bring the dancer in their, in their city or in their school to teach their students. This is good because you're actually giving back to the culture like this and you're actually letting your students learn from the source. Now, that is a good side of it because persons who are teaching are actually a bridge between whichever country they are representing and Jamaica for bringing dancehall because without these teachers, most of the, the, the students teach dancing today. We wouldn't know them and they wouldn't know us. Uh-huh. So it's really important when we have teachers out there, because when you are a teacher, you're an agent for dance hall. So without these persons, like many places that I travel, if it wasn't for people who are teaching dance hall, I wouldn't be there. So uh-huh. it's the teachers who are teaching who actually book me and bring me to their city to teach their students. So I'm really grateful for these persons. So I'm not against people who are teaching. I'm just against the ones who are teaching and not supporting Jamaica and not supporting dance hall the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah, giving back is very, very yeah. important. Very important. And study all the time, never stop studying. Because <laughs> if I am still evolving and I am still growing, I'm da- and I am dancing professionally over 22 years, mm. imagine someone who just come into the dance, even if they were in the dance 10 years. So if I am still growing, who are you not to be growing as well? We are all... Even though it's my culture, I am still a student of my culture because dance hall is an evolving space and evolving culture. So you have to keep going, especially with the, the generation of old and middle school. There's so many things to learn. This is why when someone does a class with me, they can do 20 classes with me and they will be like, oh, I didn't know that because there's so many things. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> As you're speaking about the mistake that uh, many many dancers do and like uh, are passing them uh, further, what would you say are the most common mistakes foreign dancehall dancers do? Let's make some corrections. <laughs> common mistake, I believe, is that a lot of the dancers, they don't, they don't study the musicality. So if they hear a middle school rhythm or an old school, they can't differentiate between it because mm-hmm. often I see old school rhythms playing and dancers are doing middle school dance moves. This is a lot of times a mistake that I'm seeing. So mm-hmm. it means that there's work to be done because it's not just about the lyrics, but it's also about the type of instrumentals. They need to take the time to learn the musical aspect as well, to know how the body should move and how the body should interpret the sound of the music. That's a common mistake that I realize among many dancers. Another mistake commonly that I see is, is when dancers are battling. I notice that they're doing a lot of like um, routines or bring a choreography, like they prepare a routine before and they bring that routine to the battle. A battle is not about routine. A battle is about freestyling. Uh-huh. So when you freestyle, you're dancing raw, on the spot, natural. This is what is testing your ability as a dancer. This is the common mistake a lot of dancers are making. They are not freestyling. And you can prepare something because you can prepare something and possibly you can get a good rhythm and it fits the rhythm and it looks good. But 
you can possibly get a rhythm that is much slower than what you rehearse and you can see the contrast in the dance. So it's always best to just freestyle. So that's why it's important to study like this when you hear the music, no matter what the DJ plays, you are ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ma'am. Yes, true. Um, well, let's take a look into a controversial topic that it's rooted in the dancehall culture and uh, where are actually cultures clashing. It's homophobia. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the situation with homophobia in Jamaica a few years back and how is it now? Is there any change? Uh, for me, there's a big change because as you can see in Jamaica, Jamaica really people don't care no more. Honestly, there are persons who people just live their life. What, when, when, what we have a problem is when persons start to like put it in your face like, like, like they're they are trying to to put it in your face as a disrespect, that is when it becomes offensive. But in general, mm-hmm. people don't care who wants to live their life and do what they do. Jamaicans no longer, it's not like before, all the times you will find that um, the culture was more homophobic. Now people just don't care, people just live. And of course, we go with respect. So people who, who, who live a certain lifestyle, you just keep your lifestyle to yourself and, and amongst your circle, you don't mix it with us or um, mix it with, 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 with the community like that. So you won't go in the, the dance space and see guys going at the head top or guys doing um, whining and that kind of thing because it's our culture that we know. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. So you won't go. So even though we, we, we won't go out and preach, like, oh, kill them and preach violence towards them. We just know that you give the respect that we give to you. So you don't come in our face and do this type of things. And we simply, we don't preach violence against you. So that is how it's going now. This is why we don't have problem anywhere we go because people know the type of respect that we go with and they know, they know what to do and what not to do. You won't, for example, it's the same type of respect. You won't go in a church and brandish a gun. Mm. Or you won't go in a church and use profanity. Or, or, or do that. You won't go in a library and speak loudly because you know in a library they say to be quiet and respect the rules. It's the same. You don't go in the dance hall space and do things that you know is against our culture. Simple. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's good to hear. It's getting so much better. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about one uh, one more thing uh, regarding this topic. And it's one practical example <laughs> because, mm-hmm. um, for example, the move Logon is being taught almost always on uh, the homophobic song by Elephant Man, where he is singing like Logon step onto Chichi Man. And there is kind of a pressure on foreign dancers to embrace it that way, I would say, though most of them probably don't approve homophobia. It might be hard for them to say, no, I won't dance to this song and uh, to refuse it. How would you think Jamaican dancers would take it if someone would refuse to dance to it? Is the pressure only in our heads or is it really there? Um, I think that Jamaican dancers won't take it bad because each person has the right to choose what each person wants to do. So mm-hmm. if you don't feel comfortable doing a dance, even though the dance move is a fun dance, the dance move was not actually created to, 
to go against that type of community. So I think mm -hmm. persons are actually taking it out of context and, and taking it because even the lyrics, even though the lyrics says um, Chichiman, it's not directly going to say, go out and do anything against um, the gay community. They're not actually hitting out fully against them. It's just a, a song and it's just a dance. The dance is a fun dance and that's why the dance move went even viral right across the world because it's a dance for all persons to do. All age, when Bogle create a dance move, it's for every person to do it. So I think it was really taken out of context and persons really take it too, too deep when they, when they say they won't do this dance move or things like that because it's really... Um, it, it, I would it, say like uh, the pressure is not about the dance move but uh, about dancing this dance move to this particular song because, this yeah because mm -hmm. for example when i was to uh to workshops with uh, jamaican dancers who taught old school and this move usually mm -hmm. they use this song so that's why i was asking especially okay about I, i never experienced this before that's why oh. I, i never i never saw that But for example, if I go to a workshop and I choose to use this song, I'm using it from the from a love aspect and, and, and spreading love, using the dance and the music to spread love. Because the song is actually a fun, a fun dancing song and the song. So if they take one line and use that one line to critique the entire song, that means these persons have um, a bigger problem because that one line is just one line out of the song. But it doesn't mean literally the song is just a music. It's just used metaphorically. The song is not literally telling you to go do this or go kill and do that. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, just, it's just free spirit, free mind, free will. Each person, if they're not comfortable, you can't force someone if they're not comfortable. You know? Me, I personally won't take it as disrespect if I put a song and someone doesn't feel comfortable to dance it. I can't. I can force their views and I can force them to dance if they don't feel it. So I personally would not take offense to this because each person is free to, to do as they like. But maybe what I could do is explain to them that I'm not um, forcing you to, to use the dance in a bad way or to attack um, yeah. anyone, no matter who they are, no matter what lifestyle they represent. I'm just using the dance to spread love. So maybe... Maybe it's the approach or maybe the way you explain it, then persons can have a different view and different understanding. So maybe yes. it's just communication to fix yes, everything. Yeah, so right? it's just about communication. And right, because maybe if you take the approach, all right, guys, come on, we're going we to kill gears now and do this, then of course you're going to get backlash from people. But if you say to them, no, guys, come on, It's fun. This is all the dance movies, and even the same song they will dance because they will they will interpret the music a different way and feel the love that we feel when we hear the music. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for your insight into this important topic. It's really valuable. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's change the mood a bit now. <laughs> yeah, a bit more positive. <laughs> Yes, here comes the time for a game called This or That to get to know you more or at least your instant reactions, let's say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's not difficult. I will be just giving you two options and you will quickly choose one that is closer to your heart. All right. Okay, okay. No problem. Okay, so let's go. Big party or small gathering? 
small gathering. Okay. Meat or vegetables? Meat. Okay. Yeah. Vibes cartel or Mavado? All right. There's no, there, for me personally, there's no choice because both represent two different styles. Mavado is a singer who sings with melody, while Vibes Cartel is the best lyricist. So both for me, there's no, there's no this or that for me. That kind of question <laughs> is both because I'm, I'm listening both of them from the, from the first time they're doing music. So yeah, okay. I love them. I both take that. Artists. Both artists are my artists. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one is ocean or mountains. Ocean. <laughs> All right. Uh, working alone or working in a team. Team, I like teamwork, but oh, nice. also at times too I, I like doing um, solo projects. But but in general I love teamwork. I like it's it's more more rewarding. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, old school era of bogle moves or mid school era of bogle moves. <laughs> old school. All right, motorcycle or a car. Car, I'm gonna like bike. See why bike to me? Cut up man. Yeah, man. Car, car. <laughs> okay. Batman or Spider-Man? No man at all. We <laughs> 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 prefer, we prefer if you say, if you say Catwoman or, or, or give me an next cartoon character. I want them woman there. One of them next cartoon there. Zena, I want them. I remember the woman there, yeah. That's my answer. No man at all. Yeah, man. Catman or Catwoman or... Okay. Reading books or watching movies? It depends. I like reading some books and I like watching um, movies too, depending on the mood. Mm -hmm. So it so is cool. a... Yeah. Good, good. Okay. And the last one, it's tricky, maybe. <laughs> Rocksteady or reggae? Reggae. Okay. <laughs> but, but the joy of the culture is, that's just a personal choice for me. But you know from you appreciate yeah. Rocksteady. And if you love reggae, you have to appreciate Rocksteady. So it, it goes together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but good. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for sharing with us. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, let's talk about your projects a bit. One of your yeah, latest yeah. biggest projects is uh, dancehall therapy. Yes, Can you explain what is it about, and if, are you still accepting new students for the course? Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm just accepting new students again, but I will commence in July because right now I'm actually on just a little mini Europe tour, so I'm currently in Belgium right now teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, Dancehall Therapy Now is an online course that I'm doing where I provide students with five one-on-one -on -one class with me via Zoom. And during these class sessions, I will look at personal techniques. I will look at um, how they're interpreting the music, how they're interpreting the dance, focusing on their freestyle ability. Um, we go in depth into the culture a bit. We go into the old school, we go into the mid school. And we show them the connection from the old generation coming up into the mid so they can properly understand the transition of dance moves. So um, a lot of it, this works more effective for me than if I'm doing one big Zoom with a lot of dancers because 
I tried it before and it's not, already it's difficult to do it online. So imagine when you are doing it online, when different, there are different type of dancers, different, so it's not balance. It's not a balance of energy. It's not a balance of vibe. And sometimes when you have the screen, you don't have the time to scroll across to see everyone. So it's really difficult online. So this format that I found, it's a really good strategy to, 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 to better reach out to the students. And I build up a better relationship with the students like these two because they get the one-on-one -on -one, um, interaction with me. And it's very good. I find it, all students so far, they, are, they liked it. And give me your feedback, what you think about it. <laughs> Well, I think it's really special because uh, before I haven't heard of any other dancers who would actually do just uh, like one -on -one. private sessions. Yeah, one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And it's very valuable because when you're in a bigger group, even if it's just, let's say, three people, but still True. the focus is not entirely on you. And True. it's like not adapted to your skills level and so True. on. So it's really good that you have like the time for, for this person and you can exactly. fix everything. They can ask. That's right. It's and really special. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> a real blessing. Real, real blessing. You are a part of another beautiful project. You're in the music video by Elephant Man can't stop dancing which shows yeah, like the connection amount old middle and new school yeah and how did this happen and how was this experience for you all right right now i said big respect to elephant man now he's like a brother for me like a real friend we have developed a friendship now every day we speak every day we speak on the phone and we reason and we reason about life and what made this chemistry happen is all god because he's a very spiritual person like myself. So it was that the fact that he was seeing my videos all the time without realizing that it was me, SpongeBob, from 20 years ago that he sang about. So he genuinely saw me on the internet, on Instagram, and thinking that it's a new dancer without knowing that it was me. So he said that it was since two years that he wanted to get into contact with me. But every time something <laughs> kept on, happening it was before the corona and then came the corona and there were always things just coming in place to block us from from making that contact mm. and then it was at this point now when a lot the, the nolinga video went viral again because this video has over one million views mm. on the social media platform so each time like throughout the year it, like it have a particular time when somebody starts sharing it again And then it just gets viral immediately. There's always one person who never see you before and never knew you existed. So persons, I'm really grateful for all the people that are sharing the videos because what I found that is not just dancers sharing the videos, it's actually just Jamaican lovers, persons who just love the culture. And these are the persons that reach out and let this video got the attention again of Elephant Man. So this was when he directly you now right, wrote to me, and sent me his number and said, yo, call me. And same time we called, he was like, yo, I need to do a song for you because you're always bigging up my moves, always dancing to my songs. I need to do something for you now. And I said, yo, elephant man. I mean, SpongeBob from them time. And he was like, what? 
And him say, yo, God, let me can sleep right now. God say, yo, make contact with this dancer. Is him you supposed to link with? So now we officially linked after 20 years because when I did the SpongeBob wow. dance, we never linked personally. This dance movie was just Bogu who made the connection with him and explained him that there's a new dance move, SpongeBob, and he just added it to the song. Oh, okay. So we never personally got to link directly. So now that we link directly, it was a blessing. So every line of the song, he would call me and let me hear every line of it that he was writing and he was putting it together. So I think the reason why it's, it's, it's so successful around the world today is the fact that everything was done genuinely and everything was done with love. And when you do anything that you do and you put love into it and, and you have God as the, as the, the first um, inspiration to do it, that is everything. That everything plays out for itself after that because you can, you can when you, the song, when I hear the song, the first line I say, yo, this is Elephant Man again. Because he's singing the song from his heart. And this is what we as dancers, we feel it. And when we feel the music, you know, Elephant Man, he does all the legendary songs. Uh-huh. But this time again, this, this, this voice that he used and the, the tone that he went into, this was the Elephant Man that made the dancers dance. So I was very blessed and I, I feel very blessed and I'm very happy and, and, and I'm grateful that he, he chose to reach out to me and, and then he made contact with Zidane and we all made it happen. So it's a blessing, you know? So this represents, this is the, the song for the people because you can just be yourself and dance, no matter which era of dance you want to do, old school, mid school, new school. That's why we say one dance hall with this because you can just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I man. love it. As you say, uh, I, it can be felt that it's like done from from the heart. So, That's it. yeah, it's in the song. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. As this podcast is about motivation and inspiration above all, I have to mm-hmm. ask you: What is your dream? Your like long-term goal, if you have any. My long-term goal is to is to just continue reaching reaching my peak because mm-hmm. no matter how I, I succeed or how much I rise, I always think that there's more, there's more that I need to do and there's more that I need to accomplish. And in terms of I, I realize that I'm blessed with a gift that I make others happy when I dance. So I just want to reach out to more people and I just ask the Lord to guide me and just open open my wings spread me to new horizons because so far I've been over 50 countries and I just would like to go 50 more. So <laughs> the, the more the more I go is the more I want to go further. And in terms of doing humanitarian works, I want to improve more on this aspect because I just did an online event and I gave all 100% of my funding to India and I purchased a lot of ventilators. I purchased 50 ventilators for the hospital in India. Oh, and that's a nice really idea. Happy, right, because they are really uh, devastated from the from the COVID. Mm-hmm. So th- things like this. My wife has a project where she feeds um, over 150 homeless persons in Kingston, oh. Jamaica. So I would love to reach at a level where we are able to even feed 1,000 persons. But, you know, everything takes time and everything mm-hmm. takes building blocks. So these are like long-term projects that I have that I would like to do more humanitarian um, activities because 
when you give when you can give back to persons you realize that life gives you back even 10 times more than what you actually give mm, true life life bless you back with great health life bless you back with great people and these are, this is what i go for these are my long term goals to focus more on what i can do to give back more than what i can receive mm, that's beautiful <laughs> Yeah, I will man. keep my fingers crossed to make it all happen. <laughs> yeah, man. Blessings. Blessings. Yeah, man. That's it. Uh, Bob, where can people actually find you? Like, do you have any regular classes, live or no. online? I I don't have regular regular classes because I'm, I'm really I'm just undergo. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> just undergo. Um, uh, um, life has, has been so great to me that um, persons are always booking me at some part mm. in the world. So I'm always on the go, and I don't do regular classes, but I'm all I'm always accessible and available for if persons wish to learn. If they are not organized, that they can always make contact with me and see if where I'm going is either in their city or close to their city. So like yeah. this, they can always come out and learn from me, and they can find me on Instagram at global bob underscore official uh-huh. so they can they can look and see on the social media where i'll be next and hopefully it's in a city or in their city close mm-hmm. so uh to wrap it all up <laughs> where can people find you on social media you've mentioned uh your instagram account do you have yeah. also accounts for your other projects or is everything on, on this one i use i use for the ease and circle it's ease and circle yard at ease and circle yard that's for the mm-hmm. that's for the accommodation and the excursion company that i have you can also find under the the global bob underscore official mm-hmm. okay perfect right but i'm not on tiktok and these and these other um social media i'm not on unknowns Ah, okay. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> real, real old school. Yeah, that's everything I like to be a part of. I have nothing against it. It's just not, it's just yeah. not my stuff. You yeah. don't have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Many thanks for taking part in this podcast project. I really appreciate your time and your input, your views. So thank you very much for sharing with us. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed this too. I'm looking forward to, to, to watching it back or hearing it back again. So, yeah, man, thank you very much. And thank you all for staying with us and listening till the end. If you like the interview, stay tuned for more. All the news can be found on our webpage, labalaba.page. And don't forget to follow our Instagram, Facebook and Spotify account. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye.